0: It's longer than that, I think, I hope. Right, Michelle? Yes, it Okay, now One quick announcement for you today. Actually, two. Number one, we are doing grow tracks right after church. If you are new to our church and you'd like to get to know who we are and what we do and what we stand for, we would love to see you right after church for just about 45 minutes or so. And then we will move on from there. Also... I want to let you know this is the first week of the month, therefore prayer night will be happening this week. However, due to different meetings and different we are doing it Thursday night, 645 main or right here or there we'll figure it out it's going to be right here 6:45 thursday night let's pray for the future let's pray for who's coming let's pray for um, different circumstances in our own lives speaking of which and we will be praying about this later on today um, but as you can tell the strubles are not here today they are in billings on vacation but they got a call that Clint's father has some health issues, and he's on his way to Salt Lake, so please be in prayer for that. It's uncertain, but be praying for them. We will do that again a little bit later on, but as for now,
1: Greg Hellsworth has an announcement. Yeah, so um, as the board secretary, I just wanted to kind of let you all know what's uh, what's been happening in the background. So with the changes that we heard about last week, there's a process that we have started in place with the district superintendent. Um, We're actually meeting tomorrow night as a board to go through some things that he gave us to prepare us for that transition. So what we would ask is that you would be in prayer. um, You would be kind of reaching out and praying for not only the Middletons as they're headed out, but um, for who's coming in. There's a plan, right? I mean, this change like this doesn't happen without a plan. So Continue to be in prayer, but I would just ask if the board members would stand up just so everybody can kind of see. So we got Michelle is in the back um, Lonnie's right here. I didn't see where Shirley went um, Oh around the post there <laughs> and Bethany's over there too, and then Patrick is online. I believe I don't see him here. So he's online uh, This morning can answer and things for, for post people posting questions there. So I would just ask Pray for your board members as well. Um, we will be reaching out to you over the next few weeks to uh, check in and get some feedback and details. There's a couple things that we're gonna wanna know, You know, what your hopes and, and dreams and where you feel like God's leading you uh, in this church, in this church body as well. Um, so we're gonna be asking some of those questions. And then there's also pieces where we wanna prepare whoever's coming in to get to know the families that are here and the people that are part of this church already. So. We'll have some things that we ask you to fill out in preparation for that. Um, so I just wanted to make sure you knew, kind of, there is a process that's happening. Um, it's moving quickly, and uh, we're we're trying to get out and make sure that we have a plan and we're ready as well. So pray for all of us, um, for the church, for the Middletons as they make their transition, and for the church that's receiving them. Um, they're called there for a reason, and so we want to make sure that uh, you know we're extending our prayers to them. Um, You guys have been a huge blessing to us, and we know you will be there as well. So, um, Anyway, that's what I have. Um, Please reach out to any of us uh, if you have questions, if you have input, but we we will be reaching out to you asking some of that. So if you feel like you're missing it, you're not yet. So I just want you all to know that. um, Over the next few weeks, you'll get some uh, uh, probably emails from us, or we'll have things here at uh, church for you to fill out as well. So with that, we'll go back to worship.
2: Thank you. So I'm A oh. song.
0: Don totally's last Sunday for a month, Don, is today. They are leaving tomorrow morning bright and early to head back down or back over or however it is to Denver because he needs another surgery, some tweaking done on his leg. Don, because we can't do what we normally do and have you come down front and gather around you we're going to have you sit right there and we're going to pray over you from here. Father, we come to you today and we need you. We have watched you do miracles and amazing things from from the time that Don was only in a wheelchair to the time we watched him walk down the center aisle in the room next door to us. Father, you have done miracles. You have worked in this man's life. You have done things that nobody ever thought could happen. But, Father, we know right now that you are not done yet. And we know that as he heads out to Denver tomorrow, we know that you already know how this is going to turn out. You're waiting for your time, Father. We pray that you and your healing hand will do its thing one more time. Work on our friend. Work on our brother. Heal him, Father. May the pain go away. May the surgery be successful. May it be, Father, that that if it's your will, Father, may it go away before the surgery. May this be, Father, another time that we put our palms to our hands in the air and say, I don't get it, but look what God did again. Father, bless this man. May our eyes see one more time that you, God, opened up the heavens and did yet. One more thing, like feeding the 5,000, like helping the lame man walk, the blind man see. You've done it before and you'll do it again. We believe, Father. Father, I pray right now that you will also be with Clint's dad right now. Be with Clint and Amica and, and give them wisdom. But, Father, we're asking, we're asking that that health issues are a bunch of nothing. That, Father, if we may, We in society can call it a false alarm, but we'll know what you did, and we know who you are. Father, we thank you for our friends, and we thank you for the fact that they turn to you in these times, Father. May you be the God who hears us when we say, I need you. I need you, Father, to fill us. I need to lean on you. When I cannot walk, God, I'll f on you. Help us, Father, to fall on you. Help us, Father, to lean into you. Help us, Father, to see your plan, your will, your way. For, Father, that is the direction not only you have for us, but the direction we want to go. Everything around us may feel like it's crumbling, but you, God, stand and stand forever. What a world we live in right now, Father. Help us to stand with you. Lead us, Father. I pray, Father, that you will give us all wisdom each and every day as we are facing things we've never faced before. Lead us, Father, and guide us in that. Open our eyes. Open our eyes to your path. Oh, Father, show us your will. We thank you, Father, for the fact that we can lean on you. For the fact that all we have to say is, "Lord, I need you," and you say, "I'm here." Continue to have that compassion, grace, and mercy on us, Father. Continue to lead us. Oh, oh Father, we love you today. In that name, we pray. Amen. We the a trip The darkness face has already been defeated. by Amen. 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 Thank you. So today, we are starting a brand new series. It's only a three-part series. Some of you got a hold of that because Kyle kicked me out of Montana. That's why. It's a three-part series, and it's called Stand. Stand nobody stood. It's called stand. Who told you to stand? stand? Today we're starting a three-part series called stand and I wanted you to stand because you know what? Sometimes we have to. Sometimes we have to stand and we can stand in so many different ways. We can stand in faith. We can stand firm in the fire. We can stand up. Today we're talking about standing out. And sometimes that's hard, and sometimes that's difficult, and sometimes we don't ever want to stand out, because standing out means I'm different. Standing out means I look different. Standing out means I act different. Standing out means so much uncomfortable ability. Is that a word? No. No. I was trying to get that out of the way now before we got home, and I was told it wasn't a word, because I would. But here's the thing. We get so uncomfortable with it, but we know that we can stand out. We know that we can stand up. We know that we can stand in the fire. And we know that if we stand in the right way, it can change the course of action for our entire lives. It can change the course of action for your entire life. Today we're talking about standing up, standing out. And I want to do what I want you to do is I want you to, to remember what happened in Daniel chapter 1. And some of you are saying, I don't know what happened in Daniel chapter 1. How can I remember? Well, we're going to get to that in just a minute. But I want to give you just a little backstory before. Before we hit Daniel chapter one, you have the easel, the easel, the evil king Nebuchadnezzar, and yes, his name is longer than the Bible. Evil king Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar said, "You know what? We're going to take out Jerusalem, and when we take out Jerusalem, we are not only going to take out Jerusalem, but we are going to go into their churches." We are going to go into their chapels, and we are going to take out everything that represents their God, and we are going to destroy it. So he burns the town down. He takes everything that could remotely, possibly have anybody turn to God, and he destroys it because he wants to get it completely out of their mind, and he wants them to... To come in and live under him. He wants to control it. He wants to be the king. But on the flip side of that, he not only wanted to do all that, he wanted to use them. So he destroys it all. He just, he kills, I would say, everybody, but it wasn't quite everybody. And he takes the best in shape students about 16, 17 years old, only males. And he takes them and he says, "I am going to train them to be just like us to be exactly what I want. I want them to be stronger. I want them to be faster. I want them to be in the best shape so we can go destroy everybody." So not only, <coughs> excuse me, not only am I going to destroy their entire land, Not only, Cage, stand up. Cage loves it when I use it. That's why I always do. Not only am I going to take Cage and I'm going to make him do everything I say, eat exactly what I eat and do exactly what I want, but but I am going to destroy and kill his whole family. (laughs) So when he comes to me, Michelle, I can do that right now if you want. Right down to the killing of the whole family. However, I don't think that's (laughs) what you really want. Cage comes and works for me. And as he's working for me, each and every day of his life, he is reminded that I killed his entire family. Have a seat, Cage. Nebuchadnezzar was evil. So he takes these guys. He wants them, and we're going to look at Daniel chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 3, and I'm going to kind of skip around. But he takes these guys, and he says, You are going to do exactly what I want you to do. And in verse 3, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect handsome, showing aptitude, is he describing me? For every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Yesterday Greg Ellsworth and I were at the gym. There was one other person in the gym, and I don't know his name, I hope he's not watching, but I can, well I kind of hope he is, but I can honestly tell you, he was literally three or four men in one. He was ginormous. He was a little bit shorter than Greg, a little bit taller than me. He was, um, well how can I word this nicely? He was the size of Greg, but he was a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, not that you're not. No. You uh, could do it differently. Uh, <laughs> I tried Greg, I tried. He was rock solid and he actually went over to the, dips, uh, the dip machine and he had no assistance because it was a dip assist thing that you push down and it pushes you back up. He actually took one of the rubber bands, hooked it Underneath the machine. So it comes up here. He puts it around his neck. And he did dips With the rubber going around. I was like, what in the world are you doing? That's just like crazy talk. <laughs> and Greg walks over to him. And says. I, can, I don't know if the first words. It was something to the effect of. You're ginormous. <laughs> you can tell your work is paying off. Is that about right? Close. Okay. And he goes, it's been 10 years that I've been doing this, and you don't ever notice it yourself. But it's. Gl- I'm glad to see somebody else notice it. Thank you. It feels good. This is what Nebuchadnezzar was trying to do to these guys. You will eat exactly what I tell you. You will do exactly what I say. If I say go to the dip machine, into the impossible dip with the rubber band around your neck, you will do it. If I say eat nothing but broccoli and then have protein shake, you will do it. If I say this is what he was doing, he was trying to get them to be perfect. He was trying to get them to be able to do exactly what he wanted of them. And he's sitting there and he's saying, you are going to do this. You are going to do it this way. You are going to make sure that you are going to be able to do nothing else but help me out and do exactly what I want. I am going to get you away from your God and I'm going to have you live the way I want you to. I want you to forget about everything else you've ever learned. I want you to not even touch that stuff. I want you to do nothing but what benefits me. Daniel has a choice to make. And if I may, his choice is, I will serve the king or I will serve my God. I think a lot of times in today's day and age, And I am not attacking you guys. I'm speaking to myself as well. But I think a lot of times in today's day and age, we serve the king and God. We have one foot in, we have one foot out. We're trying to figure out, how can I do both? How can I be a a Christian, but yet how can I not take a stand and still do all this other whatever? It's an interesting thing. Because it's almost like Scripture talks about this. I think if you look at Revelation 3.16, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. If you look around and you walk around, the, the statistics show, if I remember it correctly, 70, it's either 75 or 80% of Americans, when asked, are you a Christian, the answer is yes. 75 to 80%. When you're asked if you're a Christian, is it possible to be a Christian if you have one foot in and one foot out? Is it possible to be that lukewarm Christian? I'm not the judge, but I do know what Revelation 3.16 says. I will spit you out of my mouth. Which means, being a cultural Christian, that's a difficult thing. How do I be a cultural Christian? Isn't it in or out? Isn't it one way or another? Going back to the guy at the gym? Being a Christian seems to me it's almost like working out. Can you work out once a year and be in shape? Let me answer that. The answer is no. You're going to work out once a year and remember how out of shape you are. But I don't think you can work out once a year and be in shape. You can work out once a year and feel good about working out once a year. Sound familiar? I can turn to God once a year. At what point do we stand? At what point do we stand out and say, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be who Christ wants me to be. I'm going to be who Christ called me to be. I'm going to be the one who says, I'm in. Ephesians 6 11 through 13, listen to this. As soon as I can get to it. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the evil schemes. So you can take your what? Stand. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the Evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness on and on, Ephesians is telling us, we're told to stand, we're told to stand out, we're told to stand up, we're told to stand when it gets tough, we're told to stand when we know everything around us is crumbling. The devil is hard at work, and he's wanting to do nothing but cause you to say, you know what, I don't need to stand here. He's doing everything he can to get you to do everything you can to lose your dedication, to lose your commitment. Satan, he's crafty. He's going to not only do what he can, but he's going to do it in a way that you can't see it, and you don't know it until it's too late. And Daniel Daniel stands out. Daniel did what Daniel could do given the circumstances he was in. Go down to verse 8. Oops. He said it says, "But Daniel resolved not to defile himself" With the royal food and wine. I'm going to stop right there. You want to know how you can make sure your commitment is solid? You want to know how you can make sure you're standing out when the time comes? You want to know how you can have the strength and the power to stand when it gets difficult? You can resolve. Daniel resolved not to defile himself. If you look at resolve, and you look at resolve really means he made himself. He pre-decided, if you will. He knew what he was going to do. He knew who he lived for. He knew who he was going to stand out for. He knew where he was going to put his, his um, strength. He knew where he was going to put his commitment. He knew where he was going to lean into when it got tough. He pre-decided. He resolved. He didn't wait until it got difficult at work. He didn't wait until he got mad at his boss. He didn't wait until his spouse did something. He didn't wait until his friends started walking away because of his beliefs. He didn't wait until his kids started doing things that said, "You know, mom, dad, if you just came and did this with me, we could hang out more." He didn't wait until something came down. He Said, I am resolving to make the decision to live for God, to live for Christ, and I will do what they want me to do, and I will not bow to no other man, even if it's King Nebuchadnezzar, who, by the way, just killed my entire family, killed everybody I ever knew, took away every life, everything in my life I've ever had, everything I've ever known is gone. And he's saying, You did this for me. What Daniel think was gonna happen if he didn't do what the king said. I'll tell you what he thought. He thought he was going to die just like you would and I would. But he resolved not to defile himself. Take that and put it in your life today. What do you need to resolve not to do? The rest of her saying. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. He asked permission not to defile himself this way. I want to know how that conversation went. Because he resolved. He already knew he wasn't going to. But he didn't throw a fit. He didn't scream. He didn't yell. He went up and he asked permission not to defile himself in this way. Man, that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to go up to somebody who, may I remind you, works for the person who just killed your entire family. Everything you've ever known. Took everything away of your God that he knows. And then he's ordering you, and you have to go out and ask for permission. It goes back to one thing. Daniel resolved himself. I'm going to do this the way God wants I'm going to do this the way God has asked. I'm going to do this in the right way. He resolved not to do it. Now, you have all resolved yourself to do something. I know you have. When I was working on this this week, Kelsey stopped by my office. And uh, she walked in. I said, tell me something you've resolved to do, you've pre-decided to do. And she said, I pre-decided to go to NNU, Northwest Nazarene University, where she goes to college. And I said, okay, explain that to me. She said, I knew I was going there, and when you and Mom tried to get me to go to other colleges to look at it, there was no point, because I knew where I was going. So nothing was going to keep you from going there? Nope. Why? Because I decided, I knew we all predecide. We all resolve ourselves. No, they're never going to do that. Lonnie Kelly has. Lonnie, what would happen if somebody tried to come and take all your guns? Don't answer that. I know. Thank you.
2: <laughs>
0: we have resolved on many fronts. Bethany, what would happen if somebody tried to come take your makeup? We know. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was a little oh, weak. Oh, we know Tyson's laughing over no, something. Okay. <laughs> we know what would happen we know. Daniel resolved himself and he pre-decided, this is what I'm going to do. Now, this next verse isn't in your notes because I didn't put it in there, but I cannot because I wasn't originally going to talk about it, but I can't go forward without talking about it because here's Daniel. He's standing out. And in verse 8 it says, he resolved himself. I'm not going to do it. And we know that's hard. But if you look at verse 9, there's two words in verse 9 that verse 9 starts with. It says, now God. I want to know, and I have a problem with this verse. How come it never says, before God? Before you resolved. Before you stood up. Before you knew God. No, it says, Now, God. God waited for Daniel to resolve. And when Daniel did it, God stepped in. It says, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord the King, who has assigned your food and drink, Why should he see you looking worse than the other men your age? The king, so let me get this straight. And again, I know that part is in your notes. But now God caused the official's heart to soften. Now God worked it. So let me get this. The official is now afraid of the king, and Daniel's not. The official works with the king. Daniel resolved. God came through And we're going to skip down to verse 12. This is Daniel. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Daniel predetermined what was going to happen. And he looks and he says, Okay, give us 10 days. You give them everything you're going to give them. You give them the steroids. You give them the supplements. You give them the the protein. You give them everything you're going to give them. You run them. You do whatever you're going to do. But as far as me and these three... We want nothing but vegetables for 10 days. You give us that, and then you test us, and you see who is better fit. Verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. They looked better and well nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. They pre-decided and God came through. They pre-decided and they had a now God moment. They pre-decided and the filter that we talked about a few weeks ago, the filter that they were looking through. Remember when I said here's Paul arrested and in change for preaching. He wanted to get to Rome and he finally got to Rome and he had been arrested and every eight hours they changed the the um, Roman soldiers with him, and he was chained to different ones every eight hours, and people were like, oh my word, and the Roman soldiers went, he's chained to us, and we said, hold on, maybe the Roman soldiers are chained to him, because they didn't get to listen to what he had to say, remember that, what filter are you looking through, what filter is Daniel looking through, Daniel's looking at it going, I've got God on my side, and God's going to come through. He wasn't shocked with the now God moment. Why? Because he had predetermined and he had decided, this is what I am going to do. This is how this is going to happen. I trust in God alone. I trust in Yahweh. I trust in Jesus Christ. I trust in the one who went to the cross died for me and came back three days later I am going to stand out I am going to do what he's asked I am going to follow his lead even when it gets tough and when it does get tough I am going to stand up to the royal official who has the ability to kill me and I'm going to stand up to the king who has the ability to kill me I'm going to do that because I have pre-decided and I'm going to do it in a respectful kind way that's tough that's tough And that is what makes Daniel, to me, so incredible. Because that is no different than you and me each and every day when we are being asked to stand out and be different. And our culture says, be a cultural Christian. Have one foot in, have one foot out. it's so easy to have one foot in and one foot out. It's so easy to say, I, I'm doing my best. It's so easy to keep our mouths shut when we know it's going to get hard. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not telling you to run around and yell, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. What I'm telling you is, sometimes we are called to not eat the meat. Sometimes we are called to not drink the wine. Sometimes we are called to be different. Sometimes we are called to stand out and say, you know what? i got to do this. But my God's big enough. You give me 10 days and we'll see what happens. You give me 10 days and we'll see how this comes down. You give me 10 days after I pre-decided and knew this is what was going to happen. You give me 10 days and you will see how I am different than any of those other people. You give me 10 days and you will see that my God did amazing things. You have an opportunity to stand out, and you have an opportunity to bring God glory through your life by doing exactly what He's called you to do. The question is, will we take the time to hear when He's leading us to do that? The question is, will we take the time? Will we? Will we listen? When it gets tough, and we're supposed to stand out. Jesus did. Jesus went and climbed up on that cross. And yeah, there was a time that he said, If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But he knew. He knew that even though it was going to be difficult and hurt and be hard, he knew that his God was bigger. So I guess the question I have for you today is, is your God big enough to pre-decide, I am going to stand out when the time is right? I am going to stand out when I know I'm supposed to. Especially where we're at in the world today. And when you do it, can you do it respectfully the way Daniel did? Daniel did it the way he knew God asked him to. Can you? Father, as we are navigating this world we're living in right now, as we're navigating this life we're in right now, as we're, we're looking at all these things that are going on around us, Father, I pray that you will help us to understand how much we really do need you, to understand how much we really do need your guidance, your direction, Father, help us to understand what we really need to be doing. Father, help us to to not get caught up in the, the rants that happen on Facebook and Twitter and all that. Help us not to get in the arguments, but Father, help us to stand out for you. Help us to be able to be different, Father. Because you've called us to. Oh, Father, we thank you. We love you. Moving us, Father. Give us your strength, your wisdom, your guidance. I never pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.